This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. The 40,000-foot view briefing for Chicago Board of Trade Markets. Our Garden City, Kansas office says they got a two-inch soaking rain last week, the first of that quality in most people's recent memory there. We had gotten a similar rain here in northwest Iowa the week before. It will take more than one of those to really break the back of this drought, but the forecast is not threatening. Nebraska and northeast Kansas, however, continue to be missed by the spring rain. Hopefully they are waiting their turn. Climate scientist Eric Snodgrass noted a number of hail events last week. The reason I bring that up is that my, my partner in our crop insurance company, AgriVantage, says that we are going to get more hail this season. Guess what he's going by? He says that the crop insurance clients have bought less hail coverage this year. We think that is another sign of how strong that farm finances are. Some farmers are well-heeled enough to choose to self-insure. We've seen less hail here the past few years, so more hail is likely when farmers drop hail of coverage. That is probably how it will work. So far, both wind and tornado events number above the mean trend this year. The wind was a freight train here on Sunday. Hail events are so far matching the mean average. That is higher for hail events compared to the last few years, which have tracked under that average. This is the last year's old crop corn market. As noted in a previous report, the Chicago Board of Trade discovers the price for the river terminal system, which is most influenced by exports. Flooding on the north end of the Heartland River systems are causing barge traffic disruptions. Chinese cancellation of U.S. corn purchases likely changing the origin to Brazil, which has a good safrina crop coming, tanked July corn last week. The global supply is by no means overbearing yet, but weakness has been associated with lagging demand. Ukraine and Argentina, both of which with significant curtailed production, will not appear to be adding to any supply. U.S. corn exports overall are struggling to catch up to the USDA forecast, likely to fall short. Wheat has been an anchor that the corn market has been tied to. Wheat has gotten cheap to where it could bottom. The EPA went with emergency approval of year-round E15. This was an example of government moving too slow and have still not made E15 approval permanent like it should be. Ethanol demand has not been gangbusters and has been struggling to hold up. There's not much incentive for the bulls in that. We'll be hearing rumors of hog herd liquidation, which, if it is immediate, reduces demand for both old and new crop corn. Last year funds were adding risk in commodities and this year they are reluctant to do so. Commodities in general have reflected a description of deflation. Local corn basis did not change a cent when July futures plunged last week. and users still have to acquire enough physical inventory in order to reach new crop supply. This tightness will vary regionally, and the cash market is not likely to completely collapse until the perception is accomplished that end users have coverage. Yet we've seen spring rally highs, and there will be a strong selling interest in any rally on fear of the expiration date and old crop corn becoming new crop. The legs under the old crop contract are very weak in the knees. I do not see the point in storing corn when I sold out last December, short crop, long tail. There is still a substantial premium for old crop corn over new crop. If you hold old crop long enough, it will match the lower new crop price. The spot cash corn price on Friday at our local elevator was $1.59 higher than their new crop cash bid. New crop corn is struggling to bounce. 
The market perception is that the crop is going in just fine. There will be plenty enough acres planted. And the weather pattern looks optimistic for production prospects. Thus, end users are in no rush to purchase. I have a slightly different view on soybeans. Our processor soybean basis here is 15 cents over Chicago. The April WASDE report forecast a 210 million bushel carryover. That's still tight. While the March planning intentions report forecast 87.5 million acres, up slightly from the previous year. It will have to be yield rather than acres that are bearish. The massive Brazilian soybean crop simply compensated for the terrible Argentine crop. USDA says that Brazil produced 130.5 million metric ton the previous year, will harvest 154 million ton this year, which is an increase of 23.5 million. Last year, Argentina produced 43.9 million tons of soybeans, while some estimate the current crop at only 22, a 21.9 million metric ton decline from the previous year. La Nina took a toll on the Argentine corn and soybean production. When all is said and done, overall South American soybean production didn't change much from the previous year. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com. Call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, Subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.